it's finally here. Hockey season has arrived. The Blue Jackets are playing an actual meaningful game tonight. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Flyers. And we're going to check in with another prospect with Locked On NHL Prospects. All that coming up on today's Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets. Your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jacket, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jay Foster, one half of this show. That's Hayden Halshorn, the other half of Locked On Blue Jackets. And uh, we want to thank you guys for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is your guide to the good, the bad and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the club is Blue Jackets. And we're available on all podcast platforms on YouTube and on SiriusXM. If you email us at uh, LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com with a screenshot of proof that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're going to be entered into a draw to win two tickets to the game on November 2nd against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So if you haven't done that, make sure you do that because it closes at midnight tonight and uh, it would suck if you missed out on that. Uh, but that game is away, is away, is away. We're going to talk about tonight's game. Uh, the Blue Jackets are playing the Philadelphia Flyers. Torts is back in Nationwide. The uh, Flyers have a little bit of a different look than they did last season. Um, Rand, uh, Rasmus Bristolainen is not going to be playing. Kevin Hayes was traded. Tony D'Angelo was bought out. Sean Couture is back. Cam Atkinson is back. And they have added uh, Mark Stahl and Sean Walker on defense. Hayden. How hyped are you for the regular season to start? I mean, I'm. I don't expect any Blue Jackets fan to get or accomplish any work done today. Please, that's not like my. You know, saying, <laughs> Blue Jackets does not advocate any <laughs> any kind of time theft or not showing up to your job. <laughs> but I just don't know how you focus, knowing that tonight the Blue Jackets drop the puck at Nationwide and the season gets going. I love the fact that they're playing a team like Philadelphia, who pretty much doesn't have a future until Matt Bay Mitchkov comes. Like they, they are in pretty much they're in tank mode. Like we've talked, I've talked to some of their fans. I know uh, some of my close friends actually are Flyers fans, and they're just like it's a throwaway season. Like the the, the state of their franchise is um, not the same that it was even four or five years ago. So like the Blue Jackets are favorites in this game. And that's there's probably going to be very few teams that they end up being favorites against all year. But they're favorites in this game. Um, Blue Jackets didn't do well last year, by the way. They were only favorites in six games uh, all of last season. And they won. uh, Yeah, they were two and four in those games. So uh, that just is a reminder at how bad things were last year. It's just nice to just fully flip the page. And it's just it's a new season. Um, we completely forget about last year once the season gets going. And I don't know how you don't look at the Blue Jackets roster versus what the Flyers are going to be pulling out there and not be more excited, not be like excited. As you said, the Flyers are going to be 
without Kevin Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, and Ivan Provorov is playing on the Blue Jackets now. So it's like uh, he was one of their better defensemen last year. He's playing for the Blue Jackets. So, uh, and Torts is a – we know the style of hockey he's going to bring. Bring It's going to be hard hitting. It's probably going to be tough for some of the younger Blue Jackets players out there. But, uh, again, Blue Jackets are seem to be going for more of a seniority-based lineup uh, in this one, which makes sense. So, I'm really excited, Jay. I think it's going to be a lot of goals tonight. I think it's a, a big chance for Elvis to start the season off on the right foot. Uh, the question is, can the Blue Jackets get past uh, a, a goalie like Carter Hart, Carter Hart, excuse me, who's uh, been really steady and really solid the last five seasons for the Flyers? But I'm excited. See, I feel like they have a huge um, – what's the word I want? They have a, a huge question mark in goal with Carter Hart. He was supposed to be, you know, the chosen one, kind of in the same way that Elvis was supposed to be the chosen one for the Blue Jackets. Um, and I think – he just hasn't panned out to what they need him to be. I think partially that's because the Flyers' defense has been actively on fire for most of his his Philadelphia tenure, which is not his fault. Um, but I think for them to get anywhere, he needs to be the guy, and I don't know that he's going to be the guy. But I feel like this is a really good opener for the Blue Jackets. I feel like they always get, like... Like, they've had home openers against, like, the defending Stanley Cup champions or that one year that they had, like, Boston at the height of its power uh, as their home opener opponent, you know? And it gets a little... Like, New York, I feel like, is always in the mix and the Blue Jackets can never seem to beat the Rangers. To play against a team where, like you said, they are the favorites could be really good for a real, like, pop to start the season. And we're going to talk a little, little bit about what the Blue Jackets need to do to win this game. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about the Flyers um, and one Flyer in particular. Um, and that's Cam Atkinson, who missed all of last season, uh, has not been in the Flyers lineup. I don't know that he's played in Nationwide since getting traded, or if he has, I think it's literally just like one game. Um, so that's going to be cool to see him back. We still miss Cam Atkinson. Um, he's going to be playing on the second line with Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost, who I think are two of the more underrated young players in the Flyers lineup. Uh, I especially like Morgan Frost. I think that line could cause some problems. Um, but I'm looking at this lineup, and there's not really anyone in it that, like, scares me. You know, like, you look at the Pittsburgh Penguins lineup, and you're like, oh, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Carlson. Um, I look at this lineup and I'm like, man, they sure do have Travis Sanheim playing on the top pair, you know? Um, is there anyone on this team that you think could cause problems for the Blue Jackets in this game? Uh, I mean, yeah, like guys like Cam York, he's a really solid pro. Travis Konechny, he popped off a couple of years ago, but he really kind of, and he, actually Travis Konechny was a point a game last year. So you got to be worried about him a little bit. Owen Tippett, who is going to be 24 years old now coming into this game, he had 49 points in 77 games last year. So from a from a Flyers fan perspective, you're really excited about the season in the sense that you're waiting for some of those players probably to take uh, greater strides in what they already are. I mean, Konechny feels like he's been around for kind of a while now, but he's only 25. So it's like they still have some guys in their core that – I think they're looking to build around and yeah, maybe you are actually excited for a guy like Cam Atkinson being back in your lineup because as you said, missed 
yeah, he missed all of last year. I don't think I'm looking at their stats. I don't even see him on this page. And just going to some of those Cap City Elite League games this year when he was playing in those games, I know it was three on three kind of practice or kind of, you know, pick up game vibes. But he what he did have a certain pop underneath him. Like he he had a he had a he looked like he was the old Cam Atkinson again. Now what can he do on his own? He's always been a player that has kind of re- really relied on um, the other players on his line. But he's gonna have extra motivation being back at Nationwide, and you just never know with the Torts built team because they're gonna come out, they're gonna hit you, and it's gonna be I think it's gonna be tougher for some of the younger Blue Jackets and. I know we're going to talk more about what the Blue Jackets need to do, but I'm I'm really intrigued to see what Cole Sillinger is going to do on the top line tomorrow night. So, yeah, as much as we don't really – we're not really too scared of the Flyers, you don't ever want to take them lightly. And Carter Hart, you're right. He hasn't been kind of that stud goalie that everybody thought he was going to be, but he had a .9 save percentage last year, 2.94 goals against, was 22-23 – and 10 uh and like so that's solid like he's all he's a solid goaltender um he is in the same situation you're right as elvis but i think he's i think they going into this matchup tomorrow night i think the flyers probably like their goalie situation a little better now this is the chance for elvis to come out get a win and uh and just move on and focus on the rangers but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Konechny is, is kind of the big guy that I guess I'm really worried about. Um, and then Cam Atkinson, too, just playing back at Nationwide. But And then Cam York on the defense is going to be solid, too. But outside of that, I think the Blue Jackets should handle this team tomorrow night – or tonight, excuse me. I will say, Owen Tippett had two goals uh, the last time these two teams matched up. Uh, Ivan Provorov had two assists. Um, and Joel Farabee and James Van Riemsdyk also had goals. Now, James Van Riemsdyk is not on the team anymore, obviously. Uh, I don't know where he is. Oh, he's in Boston now. Um, I agree. Travis Konechny, always dangerous, um, which is... I love that you call him, like, the big guy because he is, like, five foot six, which I don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. know. Um, but he, like you said, he's always... He's always going to be a problem. Um, and I don't know if that's, like, problem affectionately or problem, like, derogatory, but he he's going to be a problem. Cam Atkinson revenge game uh, would be something interesting, but I also think that this possibility of an Ivan Provorov revenge game. Um, you know, there are a lot of reports about how he wasn't happy in the Flyers organization, um, and he, I think, was one of the best Blue Jackets in the preseason, so I'm looking for him to have a big game against his former team. Um, but we're going to talk about what the Blue Jackets need to do to win this game. And we'll also make some predictions uh, in the next segment. So that's coming up here in just a minute on Locked on Blue Jackets. First, though, I've got to tell you guys about Sleeper because the NHL season is finally here. Are the Blue Jackets going to have the season that we've been longing for? I love the NHL. I know Hayden loves the NHL. And uh, I know you guys do as well. And that's why you're listening to this show. And that's why I want to tell you about Sleeper. It is the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. And it's my go-to for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your money on daily fantasy. So all you got to do is pick uh, a player like for example, let's say Patrick Line to score more than two goals in tonight's game. If you get that right, you're going to get 100 times the money that you bet back on that. 
Start paying attention, get your picks right, and you could win big on Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, all one word, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, Hayden, what is your biggest key to the game for the Blue Jackets? Um, we talked a little bit yesterday, obviously, about lineup choices. It looks like it's going to be Kent Johnson, uh, Liam Foody, and Adam Boquist are the odd men out in this, which take from that what you will. Um, what do the Blue Jackets need to do to win this game? Yeah, they need to they need to protect Elvis. Like the defense needs to look better. That was the group that got the biggest overhaul last year or in the offseason. So I expect big things out of the defense tonight. Um yeah, I mean that's kind of it because if you look at last year between the Blue Jackets and Flyers, the Flyers I mean the uh the Flyers in four games outscored the Blue Jackets 16 to 15. And uh, the Blue Jackets putting 15 goals up on, or excuse me, the Jackets actually outscored the Flyers 16 to 15, but the Flyers were two one and one in those games. So uh, these two teams, the the over is definitely in play <laughs> tonight. But um, you know, goals are going to be scored. You know, you're probably going to score goals. Um, protect Elvis. You know, keep them to keep them to one to two goals. And uh, just be ready for that towards hockey. I mean, come on. Like, nobody should know uh, John Tortorello better than the than the Blue Jackets organization. You know what they're going to bring. You know how they're going to play. Use your players that are really good with puck possession, like Kirill Marchenko, Patrick Laine, Johnny Gaudreau. Just try to just continue to dominate the offensive zone the way that those the way that the Blue Jackets did in the preseason. And uh, just be tough. All they got to do is be tough. I feel like if they come in and, and know that they might even – it might not be that high-scoring game. It could be that 2-1, 3-2 kind of game. As long as you protect Elvis and and play some tough hockey, I think they'll get it done tonight. And uh, I think that's the biggest key for me. I know I listed like 50 keys there, but the biggest one is protect Elvis. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was also going to say – uh, protect Elvis. Um, I think if you can limit the Flyers to less than 20 shots, that to me feels like a very winnable game. You know, because I feel like there have been a, there were a lot of games last season where the Blue Jackets looked fine. And then you look at the shot count and you're like, oh, they let the Panthers have 48 shots on goal, you know, uh, which is not ideal. Um, something else I would love to see the power play click. Uh, the Flyers had the uh, 26th best power play uh, last season, uh, penalty kill last season, excuse me. So only six teams were worse on the penalty kill than the Flyers, and the Blue Jackets were not one of them, which is fun. Um, so if they can get that power play clicking early, obviously uh, they've got a fully healthy Zach Wierenski on that back end. They've got Patrick Laine, who looks ready to just put a hole in the back of the net. Um, a, a healthy Jenna. As well, I think it's going to be, if they can get the power play clicking, I think that might be the key. If they could get, you know, two, maybe three power play goals, depending on, you know, obviously penalties are up at the start of the season because the officials call everything that even looks like it might be a hooking penalty, um, which is really frustrating because um, 
they just they want to be they want to be seen as if they are doing their job. So they're like, well, I'm just going to call if a player stands next to someone, I'm going to call him for a penalty. Uh, so the power play has to get results. Um, and I would like it if the penalty kill was not terrible either. But if the power play starts clicking, that feels like a big, big thing to me. Yeah, the power play's got to look good, and I expect the Blue Jackets power play to look good, especially in the friendly confines of Nationwide. I am interested to see, going back to the Flyers here, I know we just talked we talked about what the Blue Jackets need to do. I am interested to see what uh, their young Bobby Brink is going to bring to the table. Looks like they're starting him on the first line. He's a 22-year-old right winger from Denver, and uh, Denver College, that is, or Denver University, excuse me. Uh, Denver University, I believe. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I believe – he won a national championship um, a couple of seasons ago with Denver. So he's he's definitely a guy that I am going to be paying attention to. He could be a real kind of almost a hidden gem for, mm-hmm. for this team. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, the Blue Jackets are having – they have their own young guys too that, that have like Cole Sillinger. Like, again, I keep leaning on him because he is – we thought he had a good preseason. We said he deserves to be on the opening night roster. I didn't think he deserves to be on the top line. But again, I'm not the coach, as Jeff Swoboda, who joined us on the program yesterday, said he's not the coach either. So we we don't know. We don't know what Pascal Vincent saw in Cole Sillinger to be like, he deserves top line. Maybe he had good chemistry with Patrick Laine and Kirill Marchenko, um, or excuse me, Johnny Gaudreau. But yeah, that's that's going to be fun. I think those possession numbers are going to be crazy. Uh, Cole Sillinger, is just, he's also just a really good player, who gets down low in the crease and can uh, can bang those pucks home, you know? Like, he's that's kind of his sweet spot. He's kind of like a young Boone Jenner in a way or a young Nick Foligno in a way. Like, he's just going to float around outside of the crease and get those gritty goals. So I'd love to see that, and I didn't mean to bring gritty up on the podcast where the Blue Jackets are getting ready to play the Flyers. We don't want to see that. Um, I wonder if we're going to see a fight tomorrow night because Nick Delorier is on that fourth line. Uh, the tension is going to be – probably pretty high because it's an opening night game. I feel like most of the opening night games kind of bring a playoff energy to it. So, and without Matthew Olivier in the lineup, uh, maybe like a Sean Corrali, Nick Delorier fight could be fun. Uh, I would say Erica Branson, cause he's kind of that fighter, but I don't know. He's too, he's way too big. I don't know if anybody wants to drop the gloves with him, but um, yeah. And then speaking of a guy like Erica Branson, like, the pressure's off you now because you're playing on the third line D pair. So I'd like to see a better version of him than what we've seen in the past. I don't know how you feel about that, but um, the third line could be a good spot for Erica Branson, especially if Jake Bean is going to come out the young gun he is and just take a little bit of pressure off the Branson. I think, I think if we can get a really good Erica Branson tomorrow night, then um, that could be fun as well. So um Sorry, I forget what your question was leading up to that <laughs> spiel. I'm so excited. Look at me. I got my polo on. I never put my jacket's polo on, but it's a it's a game day, so I'm fired up right now. Yeah, I think the defense is gonna be is gonna be really interesting. I think I'd like to see Erica Branson um have a good game. Uh he has not been terrible in preseason. I was looking at some of his advanced stats um earlier, but I agree. Limit his minutes. Like the worst thing that happens is he plays like 15 minutes a game and is bad in those 15 minutes. You know, um, it's not going to be like he's playing 28 minutes a game, which he did at some point last season and was just getting shelled defensively. So um, I think the defense is going to be really interesting. I'm looking for that top four to have a real, a real impact. I'm not sold on Andrew Peak 
as uh, Zakarensky's defense partner yet. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh, by all accounts, they are trying to make a trade so they could get David Juracek into the NHL. Um, whether that trade is peak, whether that is Boquist, whether that is Bean, I suspect not Bean. Um, just because of the way that the the defense pairings kind of shake out, they need a they need a spot on the right. Jake Bean plays on the left side, so my guess is they're trying to shop either Peak or Boquist, uh, try and get Juracek into the NHL, which I'm hyped about. Um, but let's uh, let's finish off with our kind of game preview talk, and then we're going to talk a little bit about one more prospect uh, that I had a conversation with Sebastian High about um, late last week. But uh, let's let's do some some predictions. So this, Hayden and I are going to keep track of these. We're going to do them for every single game, um, and what we're going to do is we're going to predict the final score, and we're going to predict who scores the opening goal. Um, so if we get either of those things right, we get a point. If we get both of them right, we get a bonus point. So there's a maximum of three points available per game here. Uh, and then at the end of the season, I don't know what the winner gets yet, but we'll we'll figure something out. Maybe I'll, we'll send each other a bottle of whiskey or something. Um, <laughs> you know. So let's uh, let's, let's do some predictions. What do you think is going to be the final score, and who is scoring the opening goal for the Blue Jackets? Yeah, I think the final score tomorrow night is going to be – or tonight, I keep calling it tomorrow night, but uh, it's because I already got – I'm already past the Flyers. I already got a win for the Jackets. I already got a 5-3 win for the Jackets. I'm already focused on to the New York Rangers, which is Saturday night. So, um, But hockey is back and in my face, so I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping track of all my teams, all my bets. But, yes, I got the Jackets on a 5-3 win, and I'm going to go with the captain to score a goal. I'm going to go with Boone Jenner gets the first one. Seems like teams forget about him. Uh, focus is going to be on guys like Kirill Marchenko, Patrick Laine, Johnny Gaudreau. I think Boone Jenner finds a way to just sneak by the defense and uh, and put one in that's really, really pretty. So I'm going to go with Jens. Yeah, I what feel like got? Boone Jenner is always good for like a, just a really unexpected goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm, I, sometimes you see players and you know they're going to score. I feel like Boone Jenner just sometimes scores and I'm like, how? <laughs> how did this happen um i am gonna also predict jackets win i'm gonna say four to two. Oh, we've fought we've fought places oh, how did that happen i did that i did that my bad oh that's how excited we are <laughs> All good. i'm gonna leave that in i'm too lazy to cut that out good. Um, i'm gonna go with a four two blue jackets win and i gotta go with the big guy i gotta go with patrick line top line center opened the scoring for the blue jackets last season and uh I just have a, I have a good feeling about this season for Patrick Lyonet. I think he's going to start strong, and I think he's going to be an absolute beast this season. So I'm going to go with Patrick Lyonet and a four to two Jackets win. It worked for you. Get... It worked for you in the preseason. I remember we were doing this via text, and you picked Patrick Lyonet to score the first goal in one of these games. I think it was against Buffalo, and you nailed yep. that one. So that's always, always a safe bet, you know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's kind of it for our little preview. Um, Hayden's going to be going solo tomorrow uh, because I will be at the Sharks home opener instead, having uh, a giant blue margarita and watching the Sharks lose. It's going to be great. But uh, he'll go over uh, <laughs> Who do they play? in tomorrow's game. Who do they play? The Sharks. Uh, Vegas. Oh, yeah, they are going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <Nope. laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, but this is not a Sharks podcast. This is a Blue Jackets <laughs> podcast. Um, we're going to take another quick break, and then I'm going to uh, 
give you guys a conversation that I had with Sebastian High late last week. Uh, all about Luca Pinelli, uh, friend of the show, just got named the captain of the Ottawa 67s in the OHL. Um, and Sebastian is a big fan of this kid. And uh, we decided that we would talk a little bit about him, what his journey to the NHL could look like and what the Blue Jackets might have in Luca Pinelli. So that's coming up next here on Locked on Blue Jackets. First, though, i got to tell you guys about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Whether you win or lose that bet doesn't matter. All you have to do is put your $5 in, and they're going to give you $200 back. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If I was you, I would put that money on the Blue Jackets winning tonight and uh, i would put them on patrick line scoring at least one goal so you know that's that's my uh, my official endorsement of FanDuel here. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. You don't have to wait around to get paid. You get deposits instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL and the NHL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and also us, the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's uh, let's finish off with with one last prospect. Um, and for the for the listeners, I do want to make sure that you know that um, this was a prospect that Sebastian requested. We talk yeah. about, um, and I was like, absolutely, I'm always happy to talk about this guy. Uh, we had him on the show last month. Super great kid. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Luca Pinelli, uh, who just got named captain of the Ottawa 67s. Uh, I believe scored the first goal of the preseason. For I was there for well. it. Yes, he did. And uh, so, of the of the regular season, actually. Oh, of the regular Ottawa. season. Yeah, 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 so yeah. He opened the score. Oh, he's on it. Seventh this season. He's on it. And is another one of those players that, like Malatesta, like Gavin Brindley, plays the game at like 125 miles an hour or nothing, and there's no real in mm-hmm. between. So, what's your like? Let's just start off with what's your like elevator pitch scouting report on Pinelli. Well, I started watching him two years ago and fell in love with him the first game I scouted. Uh, and uh, last season, he basically played zero games at center uh, and and had like the worst power play role. And his usage was awful, like infuriating the entire season. Uh, and this season, I-, I was expecting him to probably either get traded out of Ottawa because the coach clearly didn't trust him or uh, like play a-, a role way smaller than what he deserved. And instead, he's now the captain in the 1C. So I'm thrilled about it. I'm very happy that he's getting this opportunity because I believe in this player so much. Uh, Luca Pinelli is a hyper-intelligent and skilled forward who has a really high motor. He's really intelligent defensively. Uh, He's perhaps not the most dynamic player with the puck on his stick in the world. Not the best, not not the fastest or paciest player in the world, but he's really agile. He's really deceptive. He's really smart. Again, it, like his value boils down to his intelligence. He uses his line mates so incredibly well. Last season, for the beginning part of the or the season, Ottawa had the best top line in the entire CHL, and it consisted of Pinelli, Vincennes Roar, uh, who was a third round pick at the Habs, and uh, Tyler Boucher. Uh, famous 10th overall draft pick and uh, jokes aside that was a fantastic line and it it fit so perfectly because Pinelli was the the clock that made th- that line tick 
because he was the hyper-intelligent piece on that line that would distribute the puck. He would basically control the pace of play of the line itself. Uh, basically, think of Luca Pinelli as like a really nerfed Zach Benson. He has some of the same capabilities where he's really, really intense uh, as a skater. He's super intelligent. He's not the fastest. Uh, like Skating is definitely something that he still has to work on a little bit. The defensive game isn't quite as strong as Benson's, obviously, but it is a strength. And he's a really, really good leader on the ice. I, I've been a really big fan of him in every single like like high stakes game I've watched Ottawa play in the last couple of seasons. He's always one of the couple players that steps it up big time in those situations. And uh, yeah, this is one of those players that I just adore watching. Um, he's been developed kind of into a finisher with the 67s, where he's kind of used as a trigger man on the power play. But I'm hoping that this year, uh, considering he got his, his role got switched from being like that, that um, like right hash mark trigger man, because he's a left shot. He's now instead the like left dot distributor, which is a way better role for him. And I'm really happy because he, he's, he's a true dual threat from there. He can either send in a wrist shot, which is how he scored that first goal of the season, or he can distribute to any of his four options at, at, on the ice. Whereas where he was last season, he was purely a finisher. Whenever he got the puck, his instruction was to shoot the puck. And that limited his value a ton because he's such a capable passer when he is told to pass the puck and he's in a position to do so. And while his playmaking game really couldn't develop much last season because of those role restrictions, I'm quite hopeful that he's able to, to to work on that this year and maybe work in his playmaking to kind of match his finishing again. Because as a rookie, he was a stronger playmaker than he was a goal scorer. It was really only last season where that shifted completely into the goal scoring direction. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my uh, what eight minute long elevator pitch, <laughs> long elevator ride. Listen, we all we all have prospects that we can talk about. Forever, <laughs> so I, I respect it. Um what kind of ceiling do you think he has? Obviously, he's literally 18 years old right now. He's yeah. probably going to be two years away from the AHL, spend some time there, and then move to the NHL after that. Yeah. But, like, do you see him as kind of middle six talent for, for the NHL? Or what do you think his, his floor to ceiling is? Yeah, middle six is the comfortable projection for me. I think that uh, if you get a second liner out of Luca Pinelli, uh, it's because his development has gone quite well. I think there is definitely that ceiling. Uh, I just think that he he really does, like, a lot of it hitches on how he's used in Ottawa now in the next two years. Like, coaching and, and overall usage is one of the biggest factors in development and doesn't really get talked about too much. Like, junior coaches have so, so much power in terms of deciding which prospects develop at a faster rate than others. So it it will depend on that. Though recent interviews with Dave Cameron, uh, Ottawa's coach, have made it seem like uh, Penelope is one of his absolute favorite players, which I never would have guessed considering I went to every game last season. Uh, would, that was not on my radar as a possibility. But hearing that was really great because it means that hopefully this season uh, Penelope is going to get every opportunity possible. And clearly, at least to start the season, I mean, the fact that he's playing at center and the fact that he has that prime distributor role in the power play were the two things that I was yelling for the entirety of last year that I never got once. And then to start the season, it's already there. And it's like, okay, this is great. So that's already trending in the right direction for me. Uh, but yeah, I think middle six upside is is where I would be hopeful for. I don't think top line upside is really within the, the, the realm of, po of possibilities here. But he has a great fallback game where he's this intense, intelligent, 
uh, possible third line piece who definitely comes in with some clutch goals and assists here and there, but can be trusted to just be a really solid 200 foot uh, intelligent player who does a little bit of everything quite well. And uh, his intelligence and hopefully the finishing ability are then the, the, the two things that really set him apart from the rest of the pack. So I'm hopeful for him to develop to that type of middle six role for a really long time. Uh, but he's not a sure thing either. Uh, I had him higher up on my draft ranking earlier on the season. I think he was as high up as like 15th overall on my board at some point, uh, pretty early on, like maybe like December of last year. And he finished up, I think, in like 45 or something. Like I, he was in my 40s, I think, um, which was lower than my heart had him. I definitely wanted him higher than that. At heart, I had him at 50. Yeah, like my heart had him at like 25. Uh, but in the end, there are some tool limitations there that were concerning to me. And oh, honestly, the coaching was a big reason that I dropped him far down my, down my board because I was like, well, if this kid's going to be stuck, uh, not getting many opportunities with Ottawa for the next two seasons, I don't like his chances anymore. Uh, but, and just the fact, like, if, if fingers crossed, uh, he his his utilization continues as it, as it started in that home opener for Ottawa, uh I could have ranked him as high up as like 35 on my board. Like that was already a pretty big gap was just like uncertainty of how he's developed in the couple years after being drafted. Uh, so that's already a pretty good green flag to start off with here. But yeah, Pinelli is one of my, one of my absolute favorite players. I've loved scouting him. He's a joy to watch. Fans are going to adore him. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, is so I wanted to just kind of finish off. I went to look. It looks like both of his uh, regular line mates from last season are playing elsewhere this season. Yeah. Tyler Boucher's aged out, obviously, and it looks like Raw has gone back to Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. Uh, so I guess on the one hand, that's him losing his two regular line mates, which is probably going to impact his production. On the other hand, yeah. I feel like it gives him a chance to be the guy in, in sure. Ottawa, which is probably going to be really good. Obviously, he's been yeah. given the, the captaincy. He is the one yeah. C until further notice. Um, if they can yeah. find two more linemates for him to click with, that could be a really positive, positive thing. How do you like? Do the the pros outweigh the cons? There, do you think? Uh, uh, I I don't know about that. I like Ottawa <laughs> has been stripped basically. Like this is this is now Luca Pinelli's team. When last season the team had players like. Like again, like Roar, Boucher, Pavel Mintyukov, uh, Jack Matier, uh, Logan Morrison was excellent. Cameron Tolnai was a, an overager who basically got every single big defensive draw and was like that stalwart defensive piece. And he's gone too. Uh, basically, everyone that logged big minutes last year is gone. So it's down to just Pinelli now. Uh, he's been playing with uh, Brady Stonehouse quite a bit, who's one of my favorite undrafted players uh, in the CHL. A really, really like high octane, undersized power forward, really fun player, type of guy that's going to get like an e ELC in a couple of years' time and it's just going to be a fourth liner forever. I really like him a ton, but he's not necessarily the highest skill guy that you would want Pinelli to play with. Uh, like for me, Stone has like a second liner ideally in the CHL, whereas Pinelli is the one like actual first liner on this team. So Playing with, line, with line, line mates that are up on his level is going to be an issue this season. Otto went and traded for a 20-year-old uh, today, spent an eighth-round draft pick to get a guy that got like 40 points in 60 games last season from Owen Sound. So, and, and he's six foot seven. So uh, I, I assume they're just going to plug him next to Pinelli. 
so I'm not quite sure what it's going to be like on the offensive front, just because there was so much talent in Ottawa last season and they've been completely stripped. Uh, and there aren't many guys in Ottawa that I think could be ready to take the mantle as like the next offensive guys. You got in terms of drafted talent, you've got uh, Brad Gardner of the Dallas stars. Who's a solid two way center, but not someone you want on a top line. Same thing with like Cooper Foster. who's was a decent enough winger. I think it was a, a, a Pittsburgh pick. Uh, they're guys, but they're middle six pieces. So Ottawa really lacks those those high end guys, and the the contention window for the sixty sevens is closed at this point. And they're like going to enter a rebuild next season. Like I, like my sense is they're going to scramble for a playoff spot this year before rebuilding next year. And yeah, so the, the timeline isn't the best for Penelope because this isn't going to be a great team over the, his, his final seasons of CHL eligibility, but he is quite easily de facto the guy. So he's going to get minutes. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to produce a ton, but he's going to play minutes. And that's the most important thing for his development is to get reps. And he's going to likely play with a lot of players that aren't quite on his level. So that might hinder his development, or you're just going to see a massive boost in his performances once he ages up to the AHL. So that, that can have a variety of outcomes, uh, but it's a pretty typical CHL situation. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned for his development uh, in terms of being surrounded by, by players that are way below his level, but uh, the production might not pop quite as, as, as high as people might, might expect of him. Uh, so just that, that might be a little caveat in there. Yeah. But, temp, uh, temper your expectations, folks. Exactly. Uh, for, for I know that I've been yeah. trying to temper my expectations for basically every prospect this summer. And I still find myself going, yeah, Adam Fantilli is going to get 60 points and win the Calder, but it's fine. 160 um, <laughs> points. I raise you. It'd be great. I'd love it. I, yeah. <laughs> Maybe so not if realistic, people want to... Humble. If people want to learn more about Prospect, uh, there's been a ton of really great Blue Jackets Prospect talk over on uh, your show. Where can people find that? Where can people find you on the internet uh, if they want to learn more about their prospects of this team or any team? Yeah, you can find me on most platforms at this point. I mean, on on any listening platform or YouTube. Uh, me and my good friend and colleague, Hattie Kalakesh, uh, produce a lot of work for Locked On NHL Prospects. We're up to five podcasts a week at this point. Uh, so there's a ton of content going your way from there. Uh, most of my work I post on Twitter. So hi underscore Sebastian on Twitter is where you can kind of find most of my stuff. And if you're interested in more of like the, the nitty gritty prospect stuff as well, uh, I'm the head scout over at Dubber Prospects. So you can go follow Dubber Prospects and go check out the website. Uh, we're going to be posting a lot there for this draft class uh, throughout the year. And uh, we have our scouting staff all set up and ready to go for the season. And it's going to be very exciting to break down the 2024 draft class too. So uh, yeah, my work's kind of scattered around everywhere, covering anything ranging from players that were drafted 10 years ago to players that are going to be drafted in two years. So, you know, I'm covering my bases here online. <laughs> Well, I personally would love if the Blue Jackets did not make me do a ton of draft research this year for the third <laughs> for the fourth year in a row. But yeah. uh, I will still be checking out Lockdown NHL Prospect, uh, and all my everydayers should do that as well. So thanks for uh, thanks for coming to hang out, Sebastian, and uh, talk about some Blue Jackets prospects. We'll have to we'll have to do this again and and cover a couple more guys later in the season. Oh, for sure, it'll be fun. 
And that's all we've got for today. Uh, shout out to Sebastian for doing some really, really great prospect work for us there. Um, that is the last check-in that we have with Sebastian for prospects, but I'm sure we'll have him and Hadi Kalakesh, uh, the other host of Locked On NHL Prospects, on the show again very, very soon because Blue Jackets have a ton of really exciting prospects. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden over at HaydenH971. You can find the show at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, you can email us at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Make sure you email us a screenshot of you being subscribed to our YouTube channel to be entered into the draw for um, a few tickets to the November 2nd game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thank you for listening to making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. We're on Sirius XM. Hayden will be back tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game and a look ahead to the New York Rangers that the Blue Jackets are going to be facing on Saturday. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, and until then, make sure you stay locked on. <laughs>